I'm Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is the ninth edition of the Digital Edge, Lawyers and Technology. Today, our topic is Adobe Acrobat in the Law Office. And Sharon and I are pleased to welcome our special guest, David Masters. David is a lawyer in Montrose, Colorado, the principal lawyer of the Masters Law Firm. I've known David for several years, and he's been a guest in Oklahoma to speak at our conferences before, and we've greatly enjoyed him. But David's uh, greatest claim to fame may well be that he is the author of The Lawyer's Guide to Adobe Acrobat. David's also been a member of the ABA Tech Show Board, but I think today we couldn't have somebody who would be a better guest to tell us about the ins and outs of Adobe Acrobat in the law office. You know, David, every time I've seen you at Tech Show, you always start out or mention somewhere along the way that you're a simple country lawyer. Is that really a true statement? That is, Sharon. That's a true statement. I live and practice in a small town. Oh, maybe we've, we've grown. We think it's huge, maybe too big and time to move again. As many as 15,000 people in our community now. But it's a very rural setting. We're a good five hours from Denver, and my practice is very general in nature. So, yes, I see myself as a simple country lawyer. Well, I uh, work with a lot of country lawyers, so that makes me very comfortable, David. When did you first develop this intense interest in Adobe Acrobat? Well, Jim, when I went solo back in 2000, I started thinking that I wanted to go to a paper-free office. That wasn't necessarily why I went solo, although the reason I split off from the partnership certainly had to do with technology reasons. I just didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. And after being solo for six months or a year, I could see that Paper-free was where I wanted to end up, and at that time, uh, I wasn't even sure what format you would store uh, digital files in, whether it would be TIFF or something else. And we landed on PDF back in 2000, and that, that was sort of the first step, and then uh, I would say by 2001, 2002, by the time we had pretty well completely converted my practice to a uh, electronic client records. Everything had been scanned to PDF, and we, we were working with PDF files every day, day in and day out on a regular basis, and we were using Acrobat as the tool. And it dawned on me at that point that, gosh, this, this <laughs> as, as somebody I think said at the last tech show, this PDF, it's like water. Everybody's going to have to, everybody's going to need it. And I, we have electronic filing in the Colorado State Courts, and it's based on PDF, and then the federal courts, of course, now have gone all the way to electronic filings, and, and as courts go to electronic filings, they figure out how cool it is, and they make it mandatory, and it's all based on PDF, and you need to be able to work with PDF files in a comfortable way, and that's what Acrobat gave us, was the ability to take pieces of paper or even documents that we created in our word processing application, put them in electronic format, and then work with them in ways that were intuitive, like we had learned to work with paper files over the years. And, and at that point, I thought, you know, I left my partnership because my former partner was pretty much at the end of his technology road, as, as he would readily admit. And there were a lot of lawyers out there like him who were going to be forced, whether they liked it or not, to deal with PDF files and to deal with PDF files on a regular basis. 
And to do that, you, you need some tool to work with them, and that happens to be Acrobat. And that's kind of that's kind of where it started. Now, you had two previous editions of the Lawyer's Guide. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. I want to say I wrote the first edition to cover versions 6 and 7, and then the second edition covered, or no, I guess the first edition, well, there's two prior editions. I don't know what, it, what which ones they cover, but the latest one covers version 8. Thank you, David. You're making me feel better about my ability to remember things like what I ate for breakfast. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's talk for a minute about your new book. What's the exact title? I guess we, we know that, I think. How much does it cost, and when will it be officially released, which I think is almost tomorrow, right? Well, the, the name is The Lawyer's Guide to Adobe Acrobat 3rd Edition. You know, you probably know better than I what it's going to sell for and when it's actually going to be officially released. I, I know that it's imminent, but uh, those details, I guess, I'm, I'm still in the dark. That's a riot because I don't have those price sheets in front of me, and I am the pub board chair. So let me tell you that I know it's at the printers, so that usually means two weeks. So we should be very, very close. And in terms of the cost, I don't think – do you remember the cost of your second edition? I want to say it was either 49 or 59 Okay, I, I think that it's probably around $10 more, but not a, a huge jump in cost. So you should be able to find that information very shortly. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, this should be up on the ABA Law Practice Management publication site. So take a look there, and you should be able to find it at that point. We'll try to include the exact price and all that information in our show notes, too, that will be accompanying the podcast. Good point. We're going to sound a lot smarter in the show notes, aren't we? <laughs> David, we've read some reviews that say Acrobat 8 doesn't have the same basic look and feel as previous versions and that some people will be uncomfortable with it. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's a yes and no compound question. Yes, it doesn't have the same basic look and that many people will be uncomfortable with it. No, I don't think they'll be uncomfortable with it. I think what what, Ac what Adobe did with version 8 was they, they cleaned up the interface a bit to make it look a bit more like Windows, got rid of the, the panel tabs on the left side of the work area where you had a tab for bookmarks and a tab for pages and a tab for comments, and just replaced those with icons. And by doing that, they, they freed up a little bit more space in the work area, so there's a little more display area for the documents. They added a few more buttons up on the toolbar that invoke some processes or wizards that make things a little bit easier. So it, it doesn't have quite the same look, but I don't think it's going to be uncomfortable for anybody. I think once people get in and start working with it, it becomes very intuitive. I would say that the, the one basic change that, that I found the most difficult and still find the most difficult to deal with, and I've been using 8 for a long time, but occasionally end up working on a computer that has an older version, is that the little buttons for paging uh, one page at a time, forward or backwards, are now up top in the menu or in the toolbar area as opposed to at the bottom of the screen. And so you, you just have to look at a different place. But that doesn't take long. It's kind of like moving the trash can after it's been in a new location for a few days. You, you start hitting it again. That's advice from a simple country lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> 
What what are the different versions of, of Acrobat, David, and how much do they cost? Because I think people are very, very confused about which version to buy and, and what the differences are between them. Okay, well, of course, there's there's the free reader application, and that's price is zero. But, you know, pretty much all you can do with that is look at PDF files. That, But that's that's the thing that makes PDFs ubiquitous, is having that free reader program available. Beyond that, there are really two versions that are of interest to lawyers. That's the standard and professional. There's also a 3D version, but we don't need to think about it. The standard version, full product, about $220, $100 to upgrade from a, a prior version, and pro version, about 275 for the full version right now and about 150 to upgrade. Professional is pretty much uh, I think the the choice for lawyers because that's what includes the features that make Acrobat 8 compelling for lawyers that is redaction, page numbering, better forms tools and some things like that. Let's talk a little bit more about those new features. I have to tell you that when the Adobe people visited with some of us and talked about what we'd like to see. I was really excited that a lot of the things that lawyers said they wanted to see actually came out in version 8. So why don't you talk about in detail some of these new features of version 8. Yeah, and before we get into the details, I think you really have to hand it to Adobe on this. When when I wrote the the first book, Adobe had 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 zero interest in in having anything to do with the book and they had had never been to tech show as far as I know. And the book came out and then they came to tech show and at least to uh, spy on us and see what it is we were talking about. And then they started asking lawyers, what did you want to see? And since then, they've created a, a marketing division for uh, the legal profession, and they've been very responsive to what we wanted. And I think the two biggest things that, that lawyers wanted were Bates numbering and redaction, and, and they have added those. Bates numbering in Acrobat 8 is a, a function, basically, of headers and footers. Uh, it's... It's a very it's it's a pretty powerful tool. You can Bates number across multiple documents. You can even Bates number across folders if you want to. The redaction that Acrobat included in Acrobat 8 Professional is extremely powerful and extremely secure. Once you redact information from a PDF file, the area that, that you redact is replaced pixel for pixel and there is there's no recovering it and I, I've talked with uh, with Sharon's husband John as well as with Craig Ball about the security of the document now we're there's a little difference here if, if you went back forensically and looked at somebody's computer you might be able to uh, on their computer find a prior version that and be able to restore the redacted information, but with respect to just the PDF file that has been redacted, the information that has been taken out of that PDF file is absolutely gone and nobody can find it. We, we, uh, do, we do agree with you. That's a, you know, forensically, <laughs> it's a very sound tool. Yeah, and so those are, those are the, the really big features that were responsive to the legal market. In 8, they, they improved the, the way you go about combining multiple files, whether that's converting JPEGs and Microsoft format documents to PDF or simply combining those into a package. But they, they put that into a, a better wizard. And it was sort of there in 7, but it's much better in 8. You can also now, with 8, you can, can create a PDF from a blank page. You can create a PDF from a clipboard. So let's say you grab a, 
uh, a graphic off of a uh, a website or uh, an image somewhere you can you know control c copy it and flip over to acrobat and if you have something on your clipboard then that option is automatically highlighted so that you can create a new pdf right from whatever it is that you have pasted on your clipboard at the moment the optical character recognition engine that's built into acrobat to take PDF files that were created by scanning paper that are image only to OCR them and, and give them a text layer background was uh, substantially improved in version 8. It's, uh, I want to say it's faster, more powerful, and produces a, a much better result. And then one of my favorites uh, with 8 is that you can now customize the toolbars. And while that may seem like a small thing, if you take the, the five minutes or 15 minutes to uh, figure out how to do it and do it after you've been working with Acrobat for a while and you realize that, boy, I use that polygon drawing tool a lot, well, then you customize your toolbars and it's always up there. And by the same token, you, you never use the, uh, the text edits tools, so you take those off. And you can set up the toolbars uh, so that it's very quick for changing the, the way you display files and how you navigate and things like that and what tools are available to you. Well, you certainly sound like a fan. We know you, we know you don't like the page turning uh, mechanism and the replacement <laughs> or the placement of it. But are, are there any downsides or weaknesses that you see that lawyers might identify that they might, you know, gripe about within the new <laughs> Acrobat? There are. <laughs> and, and the first one is one of those uh, enhancements where Acrobat or Adobe listened to the legal community and included Bates numbering in, in version 8. And my knock on their Bates numbering is that it is not secure. Bates numbering is, is simply a header-footer option. And anybody can go in if when you when you look at Bates numbering, it's under, uh, I believe it's on the advanced menu, and then you go to document processing, and when you get there, you see Bates numbering, and it's either add or remove. So if somebody sends you a Bates numbered PDF file, unless they've imposed some no changes type security measures to it, you can take their Bates numbers off. And the whole idea of Bates numbers, of course, is to is to provide serial numbers for the documents that have that have been produced or disclosed in particularly in litigation so that there's no question that it was pages 1 through 1000 nothing more nothing less uh, and so the fact that you can change those I, I I see that as a bit of a weakness and perhaps they'll build a a simple uh, security step into that that says once you put them on there they're 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 permanent prior to version 8 we did all of our base numbering of course with with plugins to acrobat either appelligence uh, stamp pdf or pdf pro and those were you know those were indelible once you put those on there and save the file there was there's no getting them off um, if you, and if, so if, david if you um, lock if you lock the document down that doesn't lock down the headers and footers well you could if you lock it down if you lock it down to say no changes but the problem with, that I see with locking documents down and, and adding security to them is a couple of things. One is, is that, well, then it, you know, people on the other end start getting kind of antsy about, well, you're sending me these documents that are security protected. Why? And then the other thing is that you know, anybody can go online and buy PDF Cracker or any other number of tools and pretty much pop that, uh, that sort of protection right off. So if they have uh, nefarious intentions, they're going to carry them out, whereas when, when you apply these uh, stamp PDF type base numbers, they're on there, they're indelible. It's like the redaction. Once it's done, it's a done deal, and there's, there's no going back. 
And so that, I'd like to see that for the Bates numbering. The other weakness that I have, that I see, and that I'm kind of sad to see in Acrobat 8 is the summarize comments feature. Back in version 6, when, when you add comments to a PDF file, whether you use the sticky note tool or the text box tool, uh, those comments can all be summarized. And, and Acrobat still does that. But back in version 6, if let's say that you took a deposition transcript and you printed it to PDF and you sat down and, and you can use the highlighter tool as a commenting tool and you can even make the highlighter tool capture the text that you highlight and it becomes part of your comment. So you could go through a 500-page you know, deposition and, and underline 20 or 30 key passages and all of those passages then are summarized in the comments area. And previously you could you could print to PDF those or, or print those comments and you could either print them on paper or you could print them to PDF and you would get a a document that just that said here's where the comment is and here's what what the comment is either the text that you added or the or the text that you highlighted and it would just run consecutively well now what they did in version 7 and they kept it the same way in version 8 is that if you have a comment on page 10, it, it prints that comment. And then if you have a comment on page 11, it prints that comment, but on a new page. So for every page within the PDF file where there's a comment, you get a separate page in your PDF com comment summary. And that's just, you know, it seems kind of wasteful. And it's, it's just much more convenient to be able to, to say, either print to paper or print to PDF my comments and have them all just spill out in, in a nice linear fashion the way they uh, appear in the document. So I'd like to see them go back to the way summarized comments was back in version 6. David, it occurs to me that you're really a power user and that a lot of uh, our listeners may not even be to those some of those features. So uh, that, that's uh, good to hear when you become a power user, some of the things you're interested in. Would you call this a new version? You know, sometimes lawyers will keep three, four, five versions back, as we all know, sadly. Um, do you think that this, that upgrading to Acrobat 8 is just a, a must-have kind of upgrade for lawyers? Absolutely. I think that if you had six, you might have you might have skipped seven, but you, you can't. You shouldn't skip eight. Eight was with Bates numbering, and we're talking about Acrobat Professional, but with Bates numbering, and redaction, and the improved form tools that come in Professional, those are just compelling features that you just you need to upgrade, and and I see it as a must-have. David, I get a lot of questions from my members. I particularly did when e-filing became mandatory in federal court about PDF alternatives. And you know, there's standalone PDF printers like QPDF and PDF995. Also, you can print directly from WordPerfect or the new version of Word. Could you kind of explain the difference between those products and having the full version of Adobe? Well, when you have the full version of Adobe, you end up with a PDF printer that was a piece of software, a software printer as opposed to a, a physical printer like a Canon or an HP that sits out on the counter. You have a, a printer that's comprised of a piece of software that converts your electronic files, whether they're word processing files or image files or whatever kind of files that you have on your computer that you could print to a physical printer. This printer allows you to print them, convert them to the portable document format. Uh, PDF. And 
when you have the full version of Acrobat, you have the printer that was designed by Adobe, uh, who is the owner of the PDF standard. Now, the PDF standard is an open standard, meaning that anybody can write tools to create PDF files, work with PDF files, and it's not open source, but it's an open standard. But this is, you know, this is like when you, if you need a new carburetor for your Ford, do you go buy one that was made by Brand X or do you buy one that was made by Ford Motor Company? And so this is, in that sense, that's the first reason. The other reason is, the, the other thing to keep in mind is that most of these things like PDF 995 and Qt PDF and the PDF print drivers that are built into WordPerfect and Word all they do is convert your electronic files to PDF. They do not allow you, once you've converted them, to really do anything with the PDF files. They're just a conversion tool. And the power of Acrobat is the ability to, to work with documents in ways that are very familiar to lawyers, much like the way we've become accustomed to working with paper, putting sticky notes on them, highlighting text, putting tabs on the along the outside edge to be able to find certain pages within a binder. We call those bookmarks in Acrobat. And that's the real power of Acrobat is all of the things that you can do with Acrobat in working with PDF files. The other distinction between or a distinction that's that's worth noting here because this question comes up from time to time is that I, I'm a WordPerfect user, so I'm familiar with the PDF printer that Corel wrote and includes in its versions of WordPerfect. And if you have a, a document that you have prepared in WordPerfect and you're ready to convert it to PDF, if you click on the Publish to PDF button in, in WordPerfect, you will get exactly what you see on your screen. However, if you, instead of hitting the Publish to PDF button, if you say Print or press F5 and select, the, select Adobe PDF as the printer, the font will change ever so slightly. And typically what happens between WordPerfect and uh, the WordPerfect display and, and the PDF printer is it, sh it sh shrinks ever so slightly. And so your pagination may shift a little bit. And so what we end up doing is you just simply you go into work while you're when you're ready to finalize your document, you select the PDF printer and then you page through it real quickly to make sure the page breaks are where you want them and that uh, if you have a uh, Mr. Callaway and, and Mr. and Callaway happen to be on the soft return for a line, you can go in and fix those sorts of little spacing issues. And, and then you print it to PDF. But you, you will see a little slightly different formatting from the Adobe printer than from other printers. But that's, you know, that's not a knock on Adobe. If I format a document to print on my Xerox phaser, it looks one way. And then if I turn around and print it on our, our Canon Pixma, it, it'll do exactly the same thing. That is, it'll shift ever so slightly the formatting. It'll either grow just a little bit or shrink just a little bit. I think you've, you've convinced me, David, to, to stay with <laughs> Adobe Acrobat. And since we are at the end of our time here, I'd like to say thank you to David Masters. Uh, sounds like a lot of lawyers have both a book to buy and a piece of software. Thanks very much, David, for joining us uh, for this edition of uh, the Digital Edge. We sure do appreciate it. 
Well, thanks, Sharon, and thanks, Jim. Good to talk with you guys. That's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Ms. Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.